Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you? Hi, Dan. I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. How's your internet? Here? I don't, you know, I don't jinx anything, but I think, I think we're good. I've done a week's worth of shows here, and so far, after the guy came out to fix it last week, everything has been okay. You had a guy come out. Well, they did. I don't, I'm not involved with that. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they fixed, they, there was a problem and they did fix it. But you're kind of stuck with their, for better or for worse, you're, you, you, whatever they got is what you've got to use. Married to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That seems so strange. I guess it makes sense. But the results seem so varied. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking just of three people here, of you, John Roderick, Mike Hurley. Mike's in a new place where he's getting like, in, in London, he's getting like fiber. He's getting like crazy up and down, whereas he used to be really slow. Uh-huh. He's very happy and bragging about it and posting his speed images. Um, and then Roderick had that whole thing. <laughs> remember? Hey, of course you remember. He just didn't have internet for yeah. like, what, like six months? <laughs> it was a long time because that was in his, his, the office thing that he's in, right? The art, art community place. It was provided, yeah, by his colloidal uh, silver foundation. Yeah, right. And yeah, and they, uh, it sounded, you know, John, John's not always the easiest, uh, consumer of tech help. I don't know if you've right, ever encountered yeah. this. Yeah. There's a lot of things we just don't talk about with, with John, <laughs> like how to mm, say plug in ethernet when you're recording or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's all. You know, those are details that are uninteresting, therefore not worth paying to, any attention to. to record a call on your end, <laughs> right. um, how to not knock out the microphone by making a gesture. Right. At the end of the last episode of, uh, of Roadwork, he at some point bumped something and his USB microphone became disconnected from his laptop. Yeah, it happened yesterday. Just, yesterday on Roderick on the Line. Same thing. <laughs> same thing again. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so he, he just he, continued to record. And he's like, I'm, I'm shouting into my, my MacBook and it sounds okay. I'm like, no, it doesn't actually. Mm. But I don't. It's hard to tell. John claims to not listen to any podcasts, including ones that he's on. And yeah. I have pretty good evidence that that's probably true. <laughs> I've sent him stuff right. with timestamps where people talk about him and stuff, but I don't know if he listens to it. Uh, you know, there, there's a famous, I've often heard from famous actors and in their interviews who say, well, I, I never watch any movies that I'm in, or I never watch any TV shows that I'm in. And, uh, and, and, and I, and I, maybe that's his thing that like, he can't, because I usually listen back because I'm always on a quest to make things a little bit better. And I, I feel like, you, how do you get better if you don't? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I don't think you, I think you want to make it better. That's Syracuse's thing. He like, he really, he, I don't know. I can't speak for him. Who would dare? But you know, he kind of obsesses over like what he said slightly differently. I think that's the whole origin of follow up is mm-hmm. like the chance to, as you say, close his loop. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, the internet, John, Roderick, I but yeah, I'm, I'm subject to uh, to whatever internet they have here. Uh, having moved from uh, starting out in kind of like a, a co shared kind of space with a little office in there, and then eventually making my way to having my own office, and then eventually back into like a shared, you know, we're we're a commune here. There's uh, I don't know twenty offices, and I'm I'm one of them, and mm-hmm. so we just have to hope that the internet works. And so far today it's been, you know, last few days has been great this week. It's been great, but I'm glad they got settled. You need that for your work. Yeah. But you know, it's weird here there. It's about 30 down 20 to 30 down and 40 to 50 up. The upstream is like double the downstream. I don't understand. That seems the we it's, and I've done lots of speed tests and stuff like that. And everywhere, like at at my house, we have just cable modem because we don't have fiber out this this part of austin yet so at my house it's like 300 down 
and 50 up, which mm-hmm. is fine. Here, it's hmm. like 30 up and 40 down. I don't get that. Uh, let me see my history. Historically, I... Sorry. <laughs> Historically, I feel like um, my created account. I have an account. What? I don't understand. Um, historically, it always kind of seemed like I would get, mm, say, I would get X down and 10 to 20% of X up. up. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Why does it want me to create an account? But anyway, it's not important. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really strange. It's really strange. Like, um, yeah, yeah, unequally uh, applied. Sorry, I, I have lots of odds and sods this week, uh, as you say, Dan. I, I got a lot. Of, I was just putting together. I know you like the ones where I prepare. I love that. That's my favorite thing. And I ended up having just lots of lots of little things. Is, is that okay? I mean, that's my that's my second favorite. If my first is ones where you have a a, a tome of note cards ready, and my this is my second favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you never you never know. Oh, I had a really good point I was going to make, and I forgot. I got a long day today, and I'm already a little it bit out of it. It sounds like you have a lot to do. I don't want to overburden I had you. a busy, I had a semi-busy day. I don't, you know, as you know, I'm not busy. I'm time-constrained. But uh, I already had one, then I had to jam in another one this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Gruber wants to talk about a toilet. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, um, good week? Big week. Huge week. Yeah. A pretty, pretty, pretty huge week. Well, let's just dig in. Uh, first of all, in terms of some some easy basic feedback, um, <laughs> as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, thank you to the listeners who uh, took the time to send us some of their, how does one say, postal service horror stories yeah. might be one way to put it. There's a lot out there. I think pe- people enjoyed my story of the, the purple haired man. He throws boxes and says, enjoy. Uh, and, and it seems like almost everybody has one of these stories. Uh, I won't go into all of them, but uh, some of them were, 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 were quite funny. And, you know, there was one person who wrote in to talk about how they <laughs> had this mailman and like their, uh, their mail always smells like cigarettes. Everybody mm-hmm. else in the neighborhood really likes Jerry or whatever. Um, yeah, you see things like that sometimes. One thing we got uh, feedback from listener Gabriel uh, saying the reporting situation uh, with USPS reminds me of a systemic problem with IT help desks and similar. Uh, just you know, retweets are not endorsements here. I'm just I'm just reading what this person said because I think right. it's interesting. <laughs> he says people lie in order to keep their metrics up. I see it all the time. Technicians close tickets are more or mark as complete before actually doing the work in order to keep their metrics okay. Oh, oh like so, you, so they'll so they'll they'll say this is closed and then they'll begin the process of actually fixing whatever was wrong. So it looks like they've received a ticket, handled it, done. Right. It, I think that's what he's saying. I, the, the application here is, he says, sounds like UPS is doing the same. They won't admit to problems with tracking because that way there's no record of anyone making a mistake. Right. So it kind yes, of, yes, yes. It's a multi-headed beast. On the one hand, and I, I've seen this with things like, you know, um, gig economy delivery services where it'll say your item was delivered. Will you give us five stars? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It just hasn't arrived yet. And like, look at the map and the person's like not even in the neighborhood. And they're like, this is kind of odd. So it could could be something like that. I mean, you know, the volume of mail that goes out is, I mean, if you, if you exclude advertising requests for charity donations and catalogs, I would estimate that the volume of mail to me, for me that I get 
is at least a fifth of what it was in, say, the 90s. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it used to be like you'd just have a big mailbox full of stuff. And, you know, for obvious reasons, see also Seinfeld, right? Like, you know, you got email, you got faxes, you got, you know, uh, all these different ways of doing it. You've got the diversification of now more and more people that are getting things. Even as deliveries go up, they might be using the postal service less. Or the other thing is, I think that the mail gets broken up in different ways. I mean, I think there are things, there are envelope-ish sized things. There are bulk rate, uh, you know, catalogs and whatnot. There are, you know, larger packages and I, I guess things like certified, you know, signed for delivery kind of stuff that might even be a separate thing. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about how the post office works, it is a pretty marvelous kind of a thing, especially when it when it works. Yeah, absolutely. The idea that you can in, in, in cursive writing, if you wanted, you know, like write someone's name in a city, it'll probably get to them. You know, like that's mind boggling. It is. But and especially if you think about in the time before um, zip codes, like, yeah, yeah. and it's in the time before, like I remember at least at my age and certainly I imagine for your age, we came up learning uh, the new abbreviations. We had to memorize all of the two letter abbreviations yep. for states. And yep. I think that was a consequence of, you know, something similar to, um, I mean, zip, zip codes code. weren't even invented until the, if I remember this right, until the sixties. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. and that's I, I remember being a kid and when like the, the post office started cracking down and saying like, you need to you need to put a zip code on here. I'm like, I'm not putting a zip code. That's dumb. Like, why would I want to write numbers at the end of an address? You know, right. Like that was or, in the yeah. 70s. We didn't have to put zip codes. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. And then you, there were all those like, you know, PSAs you know, for encouraging people to do that. That's where I think Zippy, the zip code guy came along. They wanted like a Ronald McDonald's for addresses, you know? I don't so, mean, wait, Zippy, I think the zip Zippy. code Well, I mean, that mascot. might not be the copyrighted name. He's that little Mr. Zip looking guy. Mr. Zip. I remember Mr. Zip. Okay. He's got, yes, yes. Look at Mr. Zip. There he is. Uh, this Mr. is Zip. bizarre. I rem- like this is from the deep, deep recesses of my childhood. Yeah, this, this is one of those Oprah memories. Whoa! Look, look at, at him. Yeah, he's he's got the kind of classic, like old kind of '60s animation look. You zip code. Yes. Look at that. Yeah, a caricature of a mail carrier. Am I right? Wide-eyed and drawn with his letter bag trailing him in such a way as to imply his traveling at extreme speed. Sometimes holding onto his hat with his free hand. This guy's very motivated. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Mr. Zip, look at this. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, it is, it is amazing um, that it works. But, you know, in some ways it's, I don't know. I mean, there was that move a while back. Remember when they moved to like having delivery on Saturday? Mm-hmm. And then that was a really big deal. And then now there's the thing where they have a deal with Amazon where they can deliver Amazon packages on Sundays. And like, I honestly, I would be fine with mail delivery twice a week, like really good mail delivery twice a week. And if it's something more important, you can get it by another means. But like, you know, I, you know what? I know they're not related. I would say give me more, more trash pickups and uh, fewer mail deliveries. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, just to put this into perspective, there are a few things I, I think they do better in, in the UK than we do over here because we're, you know, we're like the next generation. But they get postal mail twice a day there. Yeah. You get the evening post, the morning post. The morning post. post. Yeah, right. right. And 
So for you to say you want less, I want more. I want my mail delivered twice a day and I want it on time. I want to be able to write you a letter. If you live in my town, I want to write you a letter, have it ready for the morning post and the evening post. I get your response back. That's what's going to bring, you know what? That's what's going to bring regular postal mail back. Forget this email thing. You're right. It becomes a little more small batch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's going to show up on the little silver tray. The guys, uh, Butler's already going to have sort of opened it. So I don't have to be troubled with finding a letter opener. It's already opened. It's sort of sitting up at like, uh, you know, like a oh, placeholder. Oh, you put it in the, uh, the envelope holder and that way yeah. you don't get envelope fingers. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I had a clock on it, you know, because I track these kinds of things. <laughs> yes. It, it used to be by 530 we got it. Yeah. When I, was a, when, I was, when I was a kid, we used to get our mail at like 10 in the morning. And now here where we are, we get it. It used to be around 530. And now it's generally six o'clock to after nightfall. Yeah, why is that? What is that? Now, sometimes we'll get uh, a package delivered, it, like if it's a USPS package, and and usually they'll say like by eight p.m. seven fifty eight. I know. And, How am I always the last one? And they ring the doorbell, and it scares the crap out of my kids because they're like getting in their PJs, they're not expecting the doorbell to ring, and it's like upstairs right by the room. Ding dong, and they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Calm, calm. It's just the post office." Like, why are they doing it so late? I know. I know. I know. It's a strange new world. So back back to listener Gabriel, though. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to like, I, I don't want to be accusatory. You know, retweets are not endorsements. Right. I'm, I'm not accusing uh, nobody of nothing, but I am saying that that is a really interesting idea. And I bet, you know, there's plenty of room for machine errors, human oversight, you know, all those kinds of things. But uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who wrote in. It's, it's you know, it can be a little bit frustrating. Um. This is, uh, I have other odds and sods. I had, hmm, I have one thing I, I think is interesting to talk about that's related to this, but I'm going to hold off on it. I want to let listeners know um, our long uh, national nightmare of me not having a new Melita uh, number four coffee dingus mm-hmm. has been solved. I went ahead and ordered that like we talked about last time. So what I ended up doing, I'm not satisfied with how this has gone, but it's mostly okay. To get, as far as I could tell, unless you wanted to buy it used, if you want a Melita dingus for your number four filter so that you can make a man-sized or a person-sized cup of coffee, the only way I found was to buy that item with a carafe. A carafe. Mm-hmm. Which I did. Now, okay, so I, I took out the, the filter dingus, left everything else in the box, and put it on a shelf. Because, you know, who knows? Someday I might want to go make coffee in a carafe again. But uh, it's, you know, it's fine. They have read, this is not interesting, but they have, I think they've redesigned, I guess for obvious reasons, the coffee filter dingus to work with the Caref well, right? So it fits really well in there. But it's also kind of widened the amount of undercarriage width so it doesn't fit in small cups like it used to, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. Which makes me wonder... Why would you sell the little number two filter size one as mm-hmm. its own thing? Why would you not, why would you have a little one hitter? But why would you not sell the number four filter size by itself? And I'm wondering, I, I haven't come up with a reason, but increasingly I always wonder if there's something legal about it. Like where maybe somebody got burned using it or something. Yeah, maybe there's, so, I mean, everything that doesn't make sense comes down to some kind of lawsuit that happened. It feels like it. Oh, there was such a good story on uh, 
um, Sunday, uh, Morning Edition Sunday. Um, and there's so, so there's this guy who's been reporting in, you know, fairly regularly for one year. He and his family are living in, I think, four very different places uh, around the globe. They're from America, but they, they live in four very different places just to see what it's like to raise a kid in each of these four places. I, yeah, I remember something about this. Yeah. Well, the one on Sunday was one of those like, oh, it was it was interesting. It was stimulating and it was very embarrassing because he they'd just come from living in New Zealand. And my God, I mean, I I loved New Zealand for the whatever two weeks that we were there in 2011. Oh, you went my to wife, that conference or something, right? Yeah, the place where I cried. My wife would, would really not mind moving there. And I, you know, I it's it's a really, really nice place. Their Internet sucks. But but it is a really uh, I mean, the people it's it's hard to describe. It's um. You know how Canada is kind of like a nicer version of America? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like New Zealand is like, it would be like America if there were sheep and everyone tried. Everyone tries so hard there and they're so uh, kind and just neighborly. But he just said it's, it's, it's so different. Like it sounds like another decade in the U.S. where kids, basically he makes it sound like the philosophy, I'll see if I can find this for notes, but basically he makes it sound like the philosophy for most people, I think they were in, they were in Wellington where we were is, you know, you want your kids to be doing stuff adventurous, like right up to the edge of dangerous. Like you want them out there and like doing stuff and like running themselves to exhaustion and, and being kids in the way we conventionally yeah. think of it. Yeah. And one of the examples he gave was that in their, I guess their neighborhood where they lived, like somebody had like bought a used trampoline and put it in somebody else's yard and there's just a trampoline there. And the kids go and use it. And sometimes they get hurt. And it's like, and, and as he was saying this, both the host of the show and I were both like, oh my God, you would never see that now. You would never see just like a free range trampoline in a, in a neighborhood. Right. You know what I mean? That like, anyone could use. That's a license to break arms. <laughs> my wife's family had a family trampoline and it was just forever breaking arms. <laughs> and now, now, now one of my daughter's friends, they have a tramp, a trampoline. Uh, that's got like this funny net thing around it, like a safety net. Yes. And like, and so it kind of protects you from the, the main arm breaking area. Yeah. Is it, does it go up as an enclosure or it just goes up like six feet? I, I, I it was nighttime when we were there, but I think it was that's the like safest pretty, time to trampoline. <laughs> yep. Nothing like a bunch of kids <laughs> hopped up. You know what? I heard <laughs> again on NPR, I, this is an odds and sods episode, so it's okay to follow our nose. Um, they also, there were, somebody was talking about how the thing about sugar causing hyperactivity is a myth, which, you know, you and I have kind of pushed back on. Yeah, but, very much. Um, it might've been on, wait, wait, don't tell me. I don't remember, but, uh, but somewhere, but no, no, yeah, I know what it was on. It was on, uh, it was on that show that's on at four o'clock on Sundays, uh, the quiz, the other quiz show. Um, and anyway, but, but the feeling is that, well, what else happens likely when kids are having lots of sugar, you have lots of kids in groups mm. Then it might be the overstimulation of being in a group of kids that makes kids get all hyper. That may not be the sugar. You learn so much from public radio. I'm going to see if I can find that. And I was thinking and, after last week, uh, when we were talking about Logan a little bit, no spoilers, nothing like that. No, no, no. And you were, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking that the, 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 the very nature of my two children, they're so different. Obviously, boy and girl difference, but it's like a, at a, such a deep fundamental level as human beings, they couldn't be more different in so many mm -hmm. ways. The idea of taking my daughter, if she were nine, to Logan 
absolutely not. I would never even consider doing that. But like my son, yeah, absolutely. Because like at a fundamental level, he's tuning into that movie in a, in a weird way. And it's like when you were saying last week, you're like, God, I don't know, how did you take your kid to that? I, I was like, for him, it makes perfect sense. Like, but if it was my daughter, no, no way. Right, right, right. And I didn't even really think about that because like, it's not like it's a double standard. It's, it's an applied standard. An you applied know? standard. Yeah. Like oh. I would never dream of, you know, taking him to a beauty and the beast. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he'd go, like he would you go. You wouldn't take him? But... It was, it was okay. No, she, was she's good. ready to see it. She wants to see him too. We're probably going to take her. But... serious uncanny valley issues. Really? Well, no, it's, it's good and it's admirable. But like it feels like it could have used probably twice whatever budget it got. It's a I don't want to be a karma suck because people love it. I thought I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, my daughter really liked it, and she doesn't like princess stuff. So that's 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 a that's a good sign. We had a funny. So what did you call it? Um, Logan. Deciding like the <laughs> the context for knowing like you know it's like situationally like knowing what's right for your kid. It is so weird. My daughter has been reading. She discovered this at school, and since then we've gotten her a bunch of these books from the library. Uh, Scholastic has a series called Dear America, and it's uh, these stories it's basically told as if these kids, mostly girls, writing a diary over time. So you've got like Clotilde, a slave girl, a picture of freedom, Amelia Martin, a light and storm. So basically at, at various events in history, these these mostly girls have diaries and they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty dark in a lot of ways, but they're really good. So she had just finished reading the one about a girl who was on the Titanic. Oh, cool. <laughs> Fascinating. And I, uh, I talked to my wife about it. I was like, you know, we could skip over some of the sex in a car stuff and like probably show her Titanic. Cause it's, it is a really good movie. Still looks fantastic. And we talked it over and, uh, we was like, Hey, let's give this a spin. She was super into it. It's a like three hour and something minute movie. And it was fine. Like she was really enjoying it. And the, you know, the two different, like jumping back and forth in time, like it's a very well done movie right up till a few minutes after they hit the iceberg. No spoilers for Titanic. And the, the, it starts filling up with water. There's waters in the water in the halls. Um, and, uh, they're running through the rooms telling everybody you got to get up. They're going through steerage basically. And so mm -hmm. like, we got to get off, got to get off the boat, got to get, get off the boat. And they go into a room where there's this little girl, the little girl that Leo had been dancing with earlier. And she's like in the lower bunk and she looks up with these big eyes. And my daughter freaked. And we're like, okay, shut this off. Like child in peril. Beep, boop, boop, yeah, boop. Yeah. Like shut it down. Yeah. So like she's fine with like all kinds of like bodies being torn apart kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's different. Yeah, it really is. And I remember there was, um, there was before I had had a kid, some friends of ours had uh, a small kid, a boy. And there was some, it, he, they were telling us about some commercial that came on TV. It was on like a kid channel. They were watching a Nickelodeon type channel. And then there was some commercial that had like a wolf's face that wasn't even particularly scary, but it was like, and the wolf came in. It just showed like the wolf kind of come up toward the screen. And uh, like that so horrified the boy and he was having, he was probably three or four, but he was having like nightmares would wake up in the night afraid of the wolf, the wolf face, you know? And this is what prompted them to like cut cable. Like we're done with that. Like we're only going to pick things now and choose what we, so everyone's like, everyone's different, My, you know? And, and we used to watch things that, that 
would scare my daughter it things that at the same age my son would be completely unfazed by just not like looking out the window watching a bird fly by nothing to him and for her it'd be like she'd be talking about it for days how scary it was you oh know? I, I i i totally agree there's another thing that like i realized about my kid that i i'm gonna extend as a bigger pattern to everybody including me which is that there's there's a really big difference between hmm, an abstraction or a description of something versus the experience of doing it, which sounds really obvious, but it's it's really easy to forget. Like if I described the plot of the OA to you, mm-hmm. like you probably wouldn't want to watch it because you'd go like, what is that? There's no way. Right. Or even Legion, like which is so good. Like I'm if I described that, that very, very slow plot. Um, but but it is, yeah, I just finished episode five. Wow. Um, the same is true for foods. The same is true for TV and movies. The same is true for books. And the same is extremely true for experiences. You know, so like, you know, I try to, I try to argue by analogy, these things like, you know, well, you, you know, this is a thing that's kind of like chocolate and you like that. And, or this is like Toy Story, but different. And this is that. And like both for better and for worse, where it's hard to know until you're doing it. The experience part is huge for us because there's all kinds of things where like if it's it's Sunday morning, we're like, look, we got to get out of the house. We've got to not just sit around the house all day. And like we're, we're all we're like, well, mainly my daughter and I are so resistant. Like, I want to sit here and eat eggs. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to rearrange my room. Um, but it's like, no, we got to go somewhere. We got to get outside. And thank God my wife does that. Otherwise, we'd all just be like, you know, moss would be growing over us as we sit on the couch. But like she's so resistant and sometimes there's tears and it takes an hour to get out of the house. But then once she goes wherever she's going, she has a really good time. Yes. But like there's nothing. The only thing to be learned from that maybe is that keep a brave face, you know, make it easy to get out of the house and it'll probably work out fine mostly. And really over 80% of the time, that's exactly how it works out. I don't want to go to swim lessons, but then she goes to swim lessons. She has the time of her life. Like there's not that much to be learned except, I mean, there's nothing to do that differently. I don't think, except to say like, well, let's just remember that once we're wherever we're going, we usually have a pretty good time. And I'm always personally like very uh, gratified, grateful that we did that. Like, oh, why don't we do this more often? Like, why don't we go take a walk to this other park more often? You know, the other day, uh, my daughter, one day she collects bottle caps, which is increasingly a not very interesting thing to do because there's fewer and fewer bottle caps, but (laughs) she's got a lot of Coronas. Um, but we, you know, sometimes that becomes a MacGuffin. We're like, oh, let's go look for bottle caps in the park. And then that becomes like a fun little trip. You know, you know what I mean? But like, if you go like, do you want to go to the park? It's like, mom, no, eat eggs, move room around. <laughs> Experience is weird like that. Yeah, it really is. Dan, I have two questions for you. My first question is, uh, in as much as you're able, would you want to uh, share with people where they can find show notes for this episode, where they will be able to fa- find things like links to things we've talked about, Mr. Zip. Uh, comparing family life in New Zealand and the U.S., the Dear America series, the OA and Legion, along with many other things, where would people go? They can go to, to find fi- show notes <laughs> of episode diggity 316 of your Back to Work program. Uh, five, yes, 5by5.tv slash B as in boys, 2 as in the number, W as in walrus, slash 316. 316. 316. Does what it says on the tin. And my second question for you is, is there anything this week that you would like to tell me about that you like? I would like to tell you about... Yeah, as you know, I write all this up. I write all, I'm reading straight off a script. You just read off the cards, right? The, read the, off the cards. The They're right here. Up. It's, uh, it's something called Flow. This is a new Flow. sponsor. Flow. Flow. 
flow, flow. Like, like with your uh, your hip hop style. That's right. It's exactly that's it. That's what it is. It's like an internal rhymes on Jean Maman, <laughs> like all the things that you want to have in your flow. That's on right. Alexander Hamilton, rap, rap, rap. <laughs> flow. It is. Uh, it is what they call simple project management for teams everywhere. It helps you run your company, your team, and your projects your way, and you get a single place to stay on top of everything that's happening with with work that you do at work. And I think this kind of came out of the need for managing a team of people who are all kind of busy. And if you think about the culture that we're in now, you have a lot of small teams of people building really cool things. So those people are often juggling a whole lot of different things. They're dealing with email. They're dealing with notifications. They're just trying to keep up with who is working on what in this project. And teams are choosing flow when email and sticky notes and basic to-do apps are just not enough. But a complex project management tool is overkill. That's too much. You don't need that because that might actually slow you down or, or not work the way that you do. So flow, it is flow, 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 flow. It's, flow. it's simple. It's beautiful. It's easy to use. It was designed for users, not just managers. And that's an, an important distinction by a team who has worked with companies like Slack and Apple and Ted and Tumblr and they've got beautiful apps for the web, for the desktop, iOS, Android. You don't need any training to get started with this. You can run things your way, and it helps you stay on top of everything. It's not like just another thing that's going to send you notifications. It is really, really cool, beautiful design, great site, and it helps people, especially teams that are dispersed around the world, uh, all shapes and sizes. It, it, it just works great. And if you already are like, well, I use Slack already. Do I do I need this or does it play nicely? Yes, they have a Slack integration. You can run your projects. You can create tasks. You can do all this stuff right built into Slack. Like it, it they they are best friends. So they made a special URL. It's uh, the URL is get 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 flow get flow get flow dot com slash dot com bok bok. Come on. No, that's it. Getflow.com slash B. Aren't there, aren't there Wilkinsons involved in this? <laughs> be okay. Be okay. I think there's Wilkinsons involved with this. Getflow.com you know, slash Bok Bok. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the Wilkinson uh, tribe, tribe is yeah. behind there. And what? But they will get my, 20% my, my, off. My, uh, my programmer, my programmer and me, they call it. 20% off a monthly plan, 30% off an annual subscription when they check out. Getflow.com slash Bok there was a there was a fashion a few years ago that I like to have a little bit of fun with sometimes of what people call minimalism. I want to be minimalist. You have mm. a minimalist desk. And I, I always like to think of myself as an appropriatist. <laughs> okay. You know, just because it's a fun thing to make fun of minimalists. Like, like what are you going to do? Throw your empty desk at me? Like, appropriatism to me is like, it's not minimalism. Minimalism is like deliberately trying to, and you know, God bless you. I know that this is a thing that you're doing. That that's that's a fine thing to do, but I think when you get into the real world, appropriateism is a better thing, and that's what we're talking about with flow. You don't need all the bells and or whistles, and uh, and maybe you don't need the minimal approach. You need somewhere in between. And uh, this is a this is a very well made app. I've used this in the past. So get getflow dot com slash bok bok. Be okay, be okay. Twenty percent off monthly, thirty percent off annual. Be okay. Be okay. Be okay. Yeah. Isn't that kind of nice? Yeah. I didn't even think about it's it like of, that. I hadn't either. It's kind, of, it's kind of a nice encouragement. You say, be okay. Be okay. Be okay. Yeah. 
<sighs> really makes you think. Mm-hmm. Our thanks to Flo for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Lots of odds and sods. A sweet and funny thing um, this week. Uh, we did something I don't think we, we usually, okay, so usually our show ends. I don't think we've ever done this before. Usually our program ends, and then there's two minutes of an instrumental song at the end, and no one knows why we do that. It's just a funny thing we do, and you know we don't really need to do it, but it's your way of knowing the show is over. Now you have two minutes to sit and think about what you've done. Um, but we did something different last week because on our program last week, I was uh, referencing uh, a song that I wrote back in that band, Bacon Ray, called Sundays in a Row, based on this uh, sentence from a book I'd read a long time ago. And we mentioned that. Did we not? We mentioned that. Yes, we definitely mentioned it. Now, now this, now this really sweet thing is that at least, what, four or five people have tweeted or emailed uh, to say that they like the song. And who yeah, is that? Yeah. I just want to say, you will get in my good books if you compliment my old band. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, I don't have a lot to hang my hat on anymore, but like that was something I really so genuinely love doing. Um, and it just, it, uh, it just made me so happy uh, that people like that. That's one of my favorite things I've ever written. I sing really sharp. I don't ever sing the same part uh, the same way twice. It's kind of a mess. It sounds a little too much like super chunk. It sounds a little too much like Sebado. Uh, but I just want to say thank you, everybody uh, who asked about that. And oh, I put this in last week's notes. It was not obvious what this was. I will put a clearer note in this week's episodes, episode about uh, notes where you can go to a page and you can download those songs, which are from Bacon Ray's first seven inch record. It's only only 19 bucks uh, for the for the album, right? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> um, please remember to like and subscribe. But you can go and download those, and you can also see we we uh well we one of the other guys in the band uh, basically for the however many we didn't do this for all thousand but like basically he cut up a bunch of old albums and pasted them together to make and then I made little stickers to put on there so every cover for our first seven inch is different and you can see a partial collection of people who've posted photos of their uh, Big and Ray tomfoolery seven inch and I'll, I'll put all of that into notes that's the sweet part now here's the funny part because i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm sure pretty sure we mentioned in the episode like that there was a song called sundays in a row that i'd done in this band and it referred to this book so almost as many, i heard it yeah well like what's interesting <laughs> and this is i'm this is just an interesting <laughs> phenomenon is that uh several people wrote to say hey they like that song thank you in my good books but they also wrote to say uh yeah so why'd you do that i was like hmm there was that part right before the song where we where we said why we did right right, but like that that that's this is the kind of thing that I I would talk about with John Syracuse. That seems like a very interesting interesting uh, phenomenon to me, because I guess mainly you notice you know after we do our sign off you expect to hear the bum 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 bona and, and there's something different there. Well, I I think it goes back to the whole beginning where you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to say hello and I'm supposed to say hi Merlin and if it doesn't uh-huh. go that way. Then the the people like me with OCD are like, whoa, you just changed something up. And is this the new way you're doing it? Because if it is, I'll adjust to that. But I don't want it to go back to the other way if you're going to do it the other way sometimes. And it, can it just be consistent? That's right. 10, ten minutes to Wapner. Yeah. And yeah. F- for some for whatever reason, the switching up of a song, I was shocked at how, <laughs> how much response it got. Uh, people are were like really responding to the fact that it, it that it was a different song. Yeah, I mean, and uh, certainly, I mean, like, it, it is very unusual 
to end your podcast with a song. <laughs> I mean, even like, like, uh, I think the it's accident. great. Well, I, you know, I don't mind. I've, I've thought it's, this is, we could even like, as of this week, stop doing it. And I would be fine with it. Now that we've broken the tradition once, if it's something we don't want to do and burn up people's bandwidth, I've never amortized, never like calculated how much of people's bandwidth is eaten up by, you know, this two minute song they don't need to hear again. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's an, it's an unusual thing to do, but I, I don't know. It just made me happy. I, I'm very self-involved, Dan. I'm a very small man. I'm broken inside. <laughs> and so for somebody to, to like the uh, song from the band uh, that I was in from 20 diggity two years ago, uh, with me singing of all things, it makes me happy. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. So, so I'll put that into show. No, it's, I'm doing a lot of the yammering here. Did you have anything you want? I got lots of other things here. Did you have anything? No, else I like I like the way this is going. I feel feeling. Mm, I want to keep yeah. keep the flow. Keep the flow. Get flow. Get flow. Oh, we did get Be some okay. comment comments about the same day delivery girl. I do want to address that. Same day. Oh yes. Also, I heard feedback from Marco about uh, about uh, uh, love to sell uh, carpets. So you you go. Okay. So we mentioned the appliance direct. Same day delivery. <laughs> We mentioned her and they used to have these commercials. They, for, for those people who didn't listen to the last episode that it was appliance direct. It's still in Orlando and they had these kind of strange, I get, they were somewhere between a commercial and an infomercial cause they were long and they were only air really late at night and you'd get home from being out or something and to be it, past 1130 at night into like the, two or three AM time period. And these things would be on TV and it was an, uh, an Asian man, sometimes his daughter. And then sometimes this other woman whose voice you hear there. And they would talk about all of the different appliances that they have saying things like, if you bought retail, you paid too much and waited for it. But then they would bring out this woman who has always to this day worn the same exact sort of, uh, strange yellowish green dress uh that's sort of like a, a a truncated muumuu dress almost and uh and and she would shout same day delivery all the time and we actually had some people i, I think it was at least one if not two as some other people on twitter have mentioned it uh that if you spent any time in orlando in the last 20 years you were subjected to this and it uh it was nice to see, you know, and we were talking on Twitter, you and I, with a few listeners about these songs that kind of they get stuck in your head and you or sound bites or whatever they are. And you can never, uh, never really release yourself from them like that mattress one. Um, five, eight, eight, two, three hundred empire. Today. Oh, yeah. That's it. <sighs> oh, yeah. That, if you watched like uh, especially WGN. Back in the day. <laughs> yes. Because I think, I think that might be Chicago. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. Oh. And now they added an 800 to it and it's animated. Like that little general guy. I don't like that guy. Yeah, they totally. Yeah, little little earworms that, that get in your head. I'm the sole survivor. <laughs> Wait, diagonally. It's my turn to operate. Operate? And, and of course, the <laughs> famous one, you sank my battleship. <laughs> like they'll never they'll never go away and then there's that it, it's not there's not something called reading rainbow but it's like in that same like it's you know it's not the little thing that's like the more you know but it's somewhere between the more you know and reading rainbow and they used to have these little 
these little tips and it would come out and it would have like a like a, a, a sort of sketch animation style that would morph into other things to be a person's face. Now it's a bicycle. Now it's a boy throwing a pay newspaper and now it's a girl and there's a kid with it. And, and there's this little thing in the back. I have to find this after because uh, my son makes me watch show him 80s commercials a lot. And it was in there and it, it has. Really? Yes. He's interested in that? That must seem so weird to him. Yeah, it's like he's he feels like he's watching probably the way we when we watch back of like, like and watch Houdini escape from the, you know it's like that yeah, right. it's like something so from a different time and uh, and it's it's got this little sound but this little girl saying I want the ball and that sound has haunted me my entire life and I said I said to him I said I'm gonna make you listen to it and now you'll hear it the rest of your life in your head too oh my god did you ever see. Uh, the one Christopher Guest movie, A Mighty Wind. You you recommended that music. to me. I did watch that. Yes. Oh, just because there's this one bit in that that is so funny. It's like so Fred Willard, where Fred Willard <laughs> plays this guy who used to be <laughs> a child. So good. He used to be a child actor, and he goes through like all his like his old <laughs> his old catchphrases. <laughs> I can't do my work, and <laughs> you hear that you're like, it's so stupid, but that could totally be. Like a catchphrase um, yeah. from the sixties or seventies. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> He's the one who popularized that. What happened? I can't do my work. I'm the sole survivor. Uh. Our friend Marco, who is also uh, like me from uh, Ohio, he he uh, he was on the Slack saying he remembered another guy, and I I think Marco's from Central Southern Ohio. I know some part of Ohio, but anyway, he had a local carpet guy too. And his local carpet guy also said, I don't care about making money. I just love to sell carpet. No way. Just like yours. Yes. And here's the thing though. This guy has like a service mark on that. There's like a trademark on, I don't care about making money. I just love to sell carpet. (laughs) Of course there is. Okay. So his guy, (laughs) what was his name? Let me see if I can find this. His guy was named Buddy, I think. My guy was Cash Ambergy, South Lebanon, Ohio. Follow the signs, follow the cars to Cash's big bargain barn in South Lebanon, Ohio. <sighs> um, so I don't know who who stole who. Yeah, I mean, so wouldn't it be it, wouldn't it be terrible if the second guy that you heard with it actually stole it from the first guy and then trademarked it? Well, so, I know it's like, it's like, you know, spending all your time, like listening to Paul Revere and the Raiders and somebody goes, oh, there's a band called the Beatles. You should check out <laughs> like what? Yeah. Super weird. So, you know, I, but I, you know, I bet for a lot of people in the mid 20th century, it was really more about selling carpet than, than, uh, making money. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're really, yeah, really, yeah. if you're really deep in the rug, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're really much um so that was interesting uh people writing in so yeah i'll put that into show notes what other things have we got i have so many odds and sods today dan is it all right yeah i love it i'm by the way Um, i'm scrubbing i'm scrubbing through youtube videos now to see if i can find that horrible thing that so i can inflict it on our i just found it i'm not kidding i just found it okay right okay hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna load it up. If you have a little odd or sod that you wanna that you wanna no, I'm do, good. you go, uh, You want me to do an odd or sod? Do while it, you're doing uh, that? Yeah, because it'll take me a second to get it into uh, everything into position here. Something um, a couple uh, a couple three people sent that I'm gonna credit to Diggity listener Amar. A very funny bit on the New Yorker. 
March 16th. Uh, it's called, uh, it's in Daily Shouts, called Sorry for the Delayed Response. Very funny. And it's just basically a series of uh, notional emails uh, sent to people that you should have responded to a long time ago. I and see. they are they are very funny. Um, oh, where's my favorite? <laughs> oh, my God. So sorry. I'm finally responding to this email that I fully intended to ignore forever because I realized that I need to ask you a favor and I don't want you to be holding an email grudge against me. <sighs> Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I'm just getting to this now. There were six other people on this email thread and I was hoping that one of them would answer your question and I could just go on living my life. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, I totally meant to respond to this earlier, but I didn't know the answer to your question and I kept not caring enough to ask anyone. Now a weird amount of time has passed, so I'm going to loop Laura CC'd into this email thread to see if she can handle this. Laura? So true. Hmm. Uh, you emailed asking for my opinion, and I wanted to give a really thorough, well-thought-out, articulate response, so I starred your email. And over time, it became a mascot for my illogical but oppressive sense of dread in the face of slightly annoying tasks. That little yellow star became a shining testament to the burden of modernity. Every day, it dared me to write a response worthy of the time I've made you wait, and every day I thought, ugh, no. But today, today, I will respond. Rejoice, my patient friend. I'm actually really busy, though, so this is going to be a vague, half-assed response that I could have easily written in the minute after I first read your email five months ago. Sorry! <laughs> Thank you to uh, <laughs> everyone, including listener Amar. Amar. You done with your scrubbing? I got it. You ready? Yep. All Did you hear that? Yeah. I want what the kids say? I want the ball. Want the, mm. It's one to yeah. grow on is what this is called. Oh, one to grow one on. One to grow on. Is see it if about I can... sharing? It's about sharing, Dan? Sharing and all that. Okay. Now everyone's heard it. Now they're going to suffer with me because never, you'll never get rid of it. Okay, I got one for you. All right. You do you do me up this one? Where What's you better? What, is it better in Skype or better in Dingus? Uh, better in messages, and I'll put drop it in the thing. Whoopsie! You're not John Gruber. There's Dan, smiling Dan face, wearing his glasses. Well, I don't have much of a choice. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes people send you an icon of themselves wearing glasses, and they 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 turn out not to wear glasses, and it just seems like an indictment. Here it comes. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I start on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? We had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year, and that's good because that's how you establish a cult. <laughs> okay, that's good. You can stop. <laughs> that's so good. There's so he's he is like a uh, he's probably anything he's in. I just love. I just love him. He's so good. Him and the guy that he's playing off of in Best in Show oh. when he's like the color commentator yep. who obviously knows nothing about what's happening. Yep. Oh my God, it's so funny. And the other guy, the straight man, is so perfect for that. 
so we're watching some videos on the internet. I've recently discovered via uh, Todd Vaziri, I've recently discovered uh, things that are apparently from the movie The Trip or movies The Trip. And it's basically Steve Coogan and this guy Rob Bryden, I forget his name, doing like dueling impersonations and insulting each other over the quality of their impersonations. Have you ever seen these? I have not. Oh my God. They're dueling James Bond. They're so funny. So funny. But, uh, but that's enough of that. We don't want to, you know, just watch videos. We could. I would do it. I'd have a show where we just watch, uh, watch videos. I got a couple, I uh, got, got a couple odds and a couple sods. I, for reasons that aren't important, I needed to make a jokey thing for the internet this weekend. And I had a fairly particular idea in mind where I needed to take a photograph and I wanted to look like the uh, cover of a Smith's album. Now, normally when I do just basic things, putting letters and words onto images, I use uh, Snapseed, the Google app. Mm-hmm. Snapseed is, is really good, like all in one, just do a quick thing with a photo editor. I think, I think it's really quite good. And if you want to just make like a fake inspirational poster, it's got really good like, you know, casual fonts for that. But I needed something that would do just a little bit more. Uh, so a recommendation and a request. The recommendation is the first thing I found was this app called Fonto, P-H-O-N-T-O. And I got it on my iPad and it was great. It's got like over 400 fonts in it. You can add, there's, you need a little like a tutorial to, to do this, but you go and you, uh, you can add new fonts to it, but you can have multiple text fields styled with things like drop shadows, like all on the same screen. I, I yeah. absolutely love this. I was looking for an app like this also, and I found one called Over, but it's, okay. it's way more complicated than I needed. It has like projects and lots of other things going on. This looks ex- like exactly what I was looking for. Well, it, it worked a treat. I, I, you know, there's one, one small thing. I couldn't really make it look like a Smith's album because I had to choose. Am I going to use straight quotes or am I going to use slanty quotes? Well, obviously I'm going to use slanty quote or I'm going to use curly quotes, but the Smiths actually use like what I will call slanty quotes, which are kind of like, if you imagine, I don't know what the typography term for it would be, but like, so I faked it a little bit with, uh, with curly quotes, but it worked a treat. It was great. And you know what I loved about it? The entire thing, you download it, it has IAPs, which I have not explored yet, and I probably will because I would like to support this app. But uh, worst thing that happened was I got like a, a banner ad at the top of the page. I didn't, everything I wanted to do, I was able to do without, you know, having to go unlock something. So, you know, I say Hakuna Matata. Thank you to the makers of Fonto. And then my, my request, my shout out to the, uh, to the Back to Work Nation, as you like to call them. Uh, are there other <laughs> yes, apps like this that are not like full on... I, not, I don't need like Photoshop, but are there other like good uh, photo editing, especially text adding apps that I should know about? Well, like I was so saying, you, the only other one that I ran into was Over. Um, okay, did you put that in notes? I will add that to It's notes. hard to do because it wants to open it in uh, sometimes in the app store. Right, yeah. Like this, the, the link that I added for Fonto was, it's fon, P-H-O-N dot T-O. Uh, which is all it is, is just a link to download it in the app store. But uh, over is pretty cool. They, again, they make it a little more complicated because they have the concept of like, you have to add like there's collections and then there's uh, for templates and then there's projects. And of course there's in-app purchases that let you buy different templates and things and, and you uh, additional stuff that you can add to it. But if you're just wanting to pick from one of like four or five fonts and you can move it, rotate it, things like that, 
the free version seemed to do the trick, but I'm I'm actually putting Fonto on here now, and uh, it looks more like what I wanted when I wanted to do this. So I was just really impressed because I mean it's it like you know it's it's pretty straightforward. I mean, like it did pretty much what I wanted and expected it to do, which sounds crazy, but like it feels so rare that you run across an app that does the thing that you need to do. Um, and I, I'm not trying to be a cheapskate. I think I actually will probably find some way to spend money on this because I'd like to support them. But, you know, I just want to say kudos to the people who make that. It's a good thing. And also check out Snapseed. This one oh, has I, way, way, way more fonts. Yours. It's got a lot of fonts. Yeah. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at... Um, at B2W show or to Dan Benjamin and, and hot dogs ladies. And if you have ideas for especially iPad friendly, um, image apps, I should know about like that. I don't need like another thing to make it look like a, you know, nine inch nails video. Like, don't worry. Like I, I know, I know from filters, but if there's like a cool thing that I should know about, uh, let me know. I keep meaning to spend more time with my pencil. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, I know. Trust me. But like, it's such a deep dive. Like, I was playing with Craig's um, Linnea app. That is such a neat app. Craig's Linnea. Craig Hockenberry. Uh, they have a new app at uh, Icon Factory. A newish app called Linnea. That is a very, very good uh, pencil-focused uh, drawing app. But it's got stuff like you can have like different grids and graph papers. The palettes are very sensibly designed to just get out of the way. You get a maximum like amount of options without it like getting in the way it's great at like palm rejection if you know what i mean uh it's it's a really really good app I play with that i play with procreate procreate feels way above my pay grade but it does some really uh neat stuff um so there's that i wanted to recommend that and uh i was gonna recommend a podcast but who cares um uh you know there's this thing so this morning did you want to tell me about one more thing that you like? Uh, yes, I would love to tell you about FreshBooks if you're interested. Oh, in FreshBooks. You know, these guys have supported us and uh, and I, I like them a lot. This is a product software service that I've been using for, for many years, long before uh, they became a sponsor. I'm, I'm happy to say that because they're a really, really good service. And I just, I've, I uh, encouraged another one of my friends who does a bunch of freelance work to uh, to try this because he was invoicing us for some of the work that he did. And I, uh, I said, you really need to use FreshBooks instead of this other service that you're using. Uh, and he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And he came back and said, it's great. This is great. I like this so much better. That's kind of the response. I think people they're, they're probably used to hearing. They have made a really, really good service. If you want to uh, send invoices in a super professional way, uh, this is the place to go to do it. It doesn't matter if you're a real big company or a real small company. They've got a plan and uh, and features that will be useful to you. They have rebuilt FreshBooks from the ground up, redesigned and custom built for the way that you work. It is the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, it's going to help get you paid quickly. There it takes away that mystery of did did my customer. Did my client see the invoice? It shows you if they've seen the invoice. It shows you when they saw it and how many times they saw it. Uh, there's this really cool notification center. It works like a personal assistant. You always know what's changed in your business. It shows you what invoices have been paid and which ones haven't. And if there's ones that are overdue, it'll let you know. And it can even send reminders to people who are late paying. It, it simplifies the whole process. They've got a cool projects feature that lets you share files and messages with your clients, with your employees. Uh, things happen faster 
when things live in one place. And that's what FreshBooks is great at. And they make your invoices look really awesome. And if you have people who are like, well, no, I don't want an email invoice. I need to have a paper invoice. FreshBooks can even send them and and like print them and put them in an envelope and they will send it out for you. It's just great. Go to freshbooks.com slash back to work and enter the enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section. It uh it's it's a wonderful service. I don't know what else to say about it. It's great. It helps you with invoicing. It makes your invoices look great. It uh handles mobile expenses. So you take a picture of your receipt with your phone what? using you the, the FreshBooks mobile app and it'll it'll add that as an expense. I mean it's got they've thought of everything. Uh so go there, check it out. They even have like online payments, freshbooks.com slash back to work. And are back to work in? In the, yeah, do do your I'm thing. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I should find a way to like give you a, a hand gesture, as you say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, may I make an observation yes. about FreshBooks? <clears throat> this is only really occurring to me in a way that I could articulate slightly now. It's like that Donovan song. First there's a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. Here's the thing. You take something like invoicing. And like, what is invoicing? Well, invoicing used to be you went into, say, a Microsoft Word. Let's even say in the like fairly recent computer age. Invoicing was... You went in and let's say you even did it electronically. You, but then what do you do? You print it out usually and you mail it to somebody. That's like how it, and then you waited for a check to come. So you think about like, okay, so if you're going to make an invoicing app that's not based on that system, what do you do? Well, it's sort of like Steve Jobs calling this thing an iPhone when it's really like a space communicator. Like, so what do you do? You make something that emulates that idea of like, okay, you enter this information on your computer, but the difference is like we send it electronically. But this is where FreshBooks, and I, I just want to underscore this for people. This is just, this is not just an online Microsoft Word for invoices. There's so much, we've got payment gateways. You've got things like where you, your relationships with people get so much better. You got me into using this app and I've never looked back because really what started as a process of invoicing services and software emulating the idea of a paper invoice, we're in a whole different world now. We're really now, there's, there's, there's no, there's no mountain there anymore. You don't need it. Like now all of that stuff is happening under the hood and you're going to see benefits from this that even you call this an invoicing app, but it's really, it's something, it's something much bigger. It does so much more. So I just want people to go out and give this thing a spin because it's pretty different from, it, it ain't just a thing where you're going to print out some invoices and send it out. This is like, there's so much stuff happening under the hood. It's very well implemented. They are frequently improving this thing. So I just want to give it my, uh, my official okie dokie. Fresh there books. you go. Fresh books, freshbooks.com slash back to work. Back to work is, uh, what you enter in when, when they ask you how you heard about it when you're signing up and that helps support the show and uh, go check it out. First, there's a mountain. Then there is no mountain. And then there is. Uh, the chat room has suggested uh, Typorama as another, as another good one Typorama. for putting stuff in. <clears throat> and uh, someone else just said photo editor is pretty solid. I have, I have used Typorama, but I haven't used uh, photo editor. Editor, I do not want to open. No, I do not. I do not. I do not wish to open the iTunes App Store. Oh, look at that! That's pretty. Oh, look at that! Oh, typorama. Yeah, look you don't. That. You, you don't get. Um, I think they give you like certain templates and things that you can change. Uh, but it, yeah, yeah. That but I mean, like, if you just cool. need a quickie, if you yeah. need a quickie, if you need something to like go inspire people on Tumblr, right? Yeah, this is this is good. Yes, very good. <clears throat> right up your alley, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I only really had one more, but I think this is so interesting. This kind of started this morning on Twitter when, I think it was Greg Pierce, 
from Agile Tortoise. Greg Pierce uh, retweeted Dave DeLong, who he says, uh, Dave says, uh, so I stayed up way too late last night and made a thing. <laughs> and he's created this page called Your Calendrical Fallacy Is. And it's helping you navigate the insane complexity of calendrically correct date and time operations. And he eventually says, okay, maybe calendrical is not really a word. But <clears throat> it's one of these amazing, so uh, can you find that? If you go to your, do you want me to put it in the dingus? Yeah, put it in there. I think I, let me make sure it's in notes. Okay, it's in notes. Okay. But the idea is, you know, this is, as we'll get to in a second, this is, there's sort of a genre of these kinds of pages or features that I find fascinating. So, for example, the idea here is, like I say, helping you navigate the insane complexity of calendrically correct date and time operations by looking at things that could be a misconception or a misunderstanding or an overbroad generalization about what is true about a thing, not accounting for edge and corner cases, okay. right? So uh, your calendrical fallacy is thinking, number one, days are 86,400 seconds long. False. Even if you live in a place that doesn't have daylight saving time, you're still uh, subject to rogue leap seconds that get inserted in our calendars every now and then, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, fallacy, days are 24 hours long. False. Many places around the wor world observe daylight saving time, which means that people living in these locations will sometimes experience 23-hour days. Continuing, every day has a midnight. Not true. Brazil performs its uh, daylight savings time, saving time leap forward transition, which means that 11.59 is followed by 1 a.m. You're seeing where, where this is going. For people like who do what you do, Dan, like these things come up, these crazy, <clears throat> like this all, this may sound like, you know, you're being that guy at a meeting and saying like, oh, well, actually, you know, you know, February doesn't have 28 days or whatever. But there's so many things you have to account for when you're thinking about, I imagine when you think about things like databases, when you're thinking about normalizing data. So there's, I'm just fascinated by this whole genre of these guides to stuff you might not have thought about. Yes, this is admittedly a turns out. I'm going to own that. But this is such a good turns out. There's so many of these out there. Are you aware of this this whole genre of of uh, help articles? No, I wasn't. I mean, I'm certainly <clears throat> aware of the, the time zone issues because we've got a little fireside bug right now about time zones and, and calculation of stats and downloads and things like that. But I have not seen anything like this before. So, so look at show notes and see the one that starts with GitHub. <clears throat> this is a, an Uber collection of a bunch of these where the guy calls uh, awesome falsehoods. Curated list of falsehoods. So the, 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 I think this is a genre that I think you could call falsehoods programmers believe about X or falsehoods about Y. And I think these are so interesting. And I'll, some of the best examples I think are, if you scroll down to this, this is on GitHub. Someone's just collected all of these falsehoods about names. I love this one. So basically, like all these things that you assume about names, including things like somebody will always have a first name and last name that goes in a certain order. Not true. And they cite examples of like different countries where this is the case. People will always have, you know, um, uh, like a first name and a last name. Not true. There are mononyms. And there are some countries like where people only have one name and that's just how it is. Uh, amazing stuff about geography. Like what are some of the, dis the assumptions about geography? This is a really good one. Um, There's so many of these. Places have <clears throat> only one official name. Not true. Some places have multiple languages, so multiple names, which can be quite uh, different, like in the case of Geneva. Um some of these are so interesting. Place names follow the character rules of the language. Not true. 
you could get somewhere like he says, like Zurich, for example, could be spelled these two different ways. Uh, Place names can be written with the usual character set of a country. Not true. One of the Kerguelen Islands, part of France, is called Ile de Croix, and it's got Y with a diuresis over it. Most French persons have no clue how to type the Y like with an umlaut character. And then, what was the other really good one? Uh, falsehoods about online shopping. That one is a mind bender. It's like every item has a price. Well, not true. If it's an auction site, it doesn't really have a price until it's been sold. What? Mind blown. Like, you don't really like think about stuff like that. Falsehoods about gender. Really good ones. I just wanted to point this out, I guess, really for, for two reasons. First of all, I think these are actually, I mean, as a, for uh, practical reasons, if you have to think about this kind of stuff for your job, it seems like, you know, even if these don't always apply, it is certainly smart to just, I guess, at least be aware of these things. I'm interested in these just as a minor thinker. Like, I think it's really it's very thought provoking to go in and realize, <laughs> I don't know what John Syracuse calls the parameters of the world. Like these funny little things that you think of as a rule that aren't really a rule mm -hmm. are, are just are so endlessly interesting. And finding out that you didn't realize that you'd thought of it as a rule. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one of the ones. Where's the one with, um, addresses, oh, postal addresses. It seems so straightforward. Go to that. Try that one down under postal addresses called mm -hmm. falsehoods about addresses. And this is largely stuff in the UK, but I don't go through all of these, but like falsehoods programmers believe about addresses An address will start with, or at least include a building number. Not true. Royal opera house, Covent gardens, London, et cetera, et cetera. Doesn't have a building number. When there is a building number, it will be all numeric. Not true. Examples here could be one a Egmont road. No buildings are numbered zero. Not true. Here's an example. Well, at the very least, no buildings have negative numbers. <laughs> Here's a counterexample. Um, we can put those funny numbers into the building name field as no buildings have both a name and a funny number. Not true. Idis Court, four to six Princes Road, Hull, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's a little bit, turns out, it's a little bit well, actually. I just think these things are very thought-provoking as a way to go like, you know, maybe they're, maybe all the rules I was pretty sure work for everything sometimes don't count for everything. Because I feel like once you're at least aware of that, your mind broadens a little bit. Even if it's about names, even if it's about addresses, especially if it's about gender, it's going to make you think a little harder about, you know, the snap to grid thinking that leaves us with some kind of old ideas that, you know, maybe were mostly true a long time ago, but that are, are sort of rounding errors about how this works in the real world could be really way off. Kind of makes you feel like a kid again, in a way you're discovering all these things that I, like I, I'm looking at your, um, your uh, street names, uh, one on the addresses and it, you know, like when I, I remember that when I was a kid, the first time that I saw a street that I had known in Philadelphia was also in like Miami, you know, like, whoa, how can you have the same street name? Like, that's not a unique thing in the world. Like I lived right. on Elm street. How can there be an Elm street here? You know, it was one of those things that it just like little things like that. You, you kind of just assume and then you realize, no, I'm completely wrong. I, I totally agree. I'll, I'll give you a very specific example of that. Back in Newport Ritchie, um, where I went to junior high and high school and spent a year before college. Um, so I think about 1986 or 7, I want to say, they implemented 911 service. And, you know, one of the things you have to do with 911 service is, to, to use your word, your word, like streets have to have unique names. Unique, not in 
not in the wavy gravy internet sense, but in the sense of like, you know, there can only be one main street. Well, of course, there'd only be one main street. Well, what about Peachtree in Atlanta? Or what about, in this case, in Newport Ritchie, Orange? There were so many different fruit names, but especially there were multiple streets that had Orange as the name, Orange Street, Orange Avenue, Orange whatever. And, you know, you have to normalize that stuff to, for your 911 to work, right? It was, but, but I had to deliver flowers. That was uh, my last job before I went to college, delivering flowers and uh, in the pre-911 um, days. And it was pretty crazy. You would have to get really specific. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that sometimes, oh, you know, Trouble Creek Road goes this far and then stops for a mile and then picks up. And, the, the, you, you know, you can't get there from here. Trouble Creek, you, you just learn that Trouble Creek Road has a cow farm in the middle of it. And that's something you just learn to accommodate. Right. You know, on the face of it, you go in, you think about I think about a city like St. Petersburg, which uh, at least when I was there was very heavily grid based where there would be like, you know, the street numbers go up, the avenues go down or however. Uh, and it's lots of numbers, numbers, numbers on a like a tight grid. But you can't really count on that, you know. I mean, it's I so, I so many fascinating. It is because it changes. It changes your, you know, as we get old, we think we start to think that things are a little bit boring, but they're not. Oh, no, 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 they're not. no, they, they're not boring. They're very up in the air. I thought I knew how to validate an email address until I read the RFC. <laughs> so this is pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 So like if you go and read the actual, you know, I guess what is it? request for comments? Like what is officially like in the spec for email? Oh my God. Um, according to this, what is it? RFC Thirty-six, ninety-six. I'm not sure, but according to this, these application techniques for checking and transformation of names, these are valid email addresses. ABC forward slash at def at example.com is a legitimate address. Like names in quote quotations at example.com. Customer slash department equals shipping at example.com is an RFC. <laughs> like, okay. So like, you know, all the things you would think of you know, and, and back in my days of just like dipping my toe into JavaScript for form validation, like sitting there with even like Dreamweaver, like I, you do basic validation. Like, is this an email address? It's like, well, how do you account for all these, let alone all the crazy domain names today? And like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. <laughs> I think it's useful, but I also think it's thought provoking. Win-win. I, I agree. Yeah. Double win. All right. Um, so what do you think? Should we keep playing the song? at the end of the episode, or do you think this is a good juncture to just stop doing it? Wow. Wow. I was not prepared for this question. Well, we could try it without. What would happen then? Let's, well, let's think about this. What would okay, happen let's leave to... In, let's leave in a placeholder here where we say, this week, you're about to hear the end of the program. Dan and I will sign off, and then there will not be a song at the end. All right. If you have a thought on this, do not, do not email us. Just send it to Twitter. Yes. And let us know if you would like the music to come back is this a good idea? Yes, I love it. Let's do it. Change things up. 316. Right, right. Dude, do you hear the people sing? You know, singing the song of angry men. They're telling you, they're telling you uh, whether or not they want to hear the song Plika Plika by Bacon Rain. Should we try it? Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's going to be weird. You ready? Yes. Okay, let's button this up. I All love right. you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>